Hey, this is Jay. Before we start the episode, I wanted to share some really exciting news. Calibra was just named a leader in the 2023 Forrester Wave Report for data governance solutions. If you don't know what the Forrester Wave is, it's essentially a guide for us buyers considering options for software. If you want to get to know Forrester a bit better, go back and check out our recent episodes with Raluca Alexandru and Michelle Getz from Forrester. I love these conversations. We had a total blast. And I can't resist making a plug here either. To learn more about the report, go to Calibra.com slash data download dash Forrester Wave dash DG. And we're going to put all of that in the show notes as well, so that it's easy for you to navigate to them and check out those reports. All right, back to the show. This is the Data Download, your guide to upping your game when it comes to managing and accessing data in your organization. For Calibra, I'm your host, Jay Miller. Data communities are valuable for a lot of reasons. Sharing ideas, learnings from successes and challenges, networking, and more. We've run several different types of data communities ourselves here at Calibra. And you know me, I'm always looking to learn from others. So with that, we got ourselves a guest. And she's going to tell us all about data communities in the higher education space. Hi, I'm Katie Reynolds. I am the Director of Data Management, Analytics, and Visualization at Case Western Reserve University. My team focuses on analytics at the enterprise level. We create analytics resources for business operations and improvements. And I'm also the co-chair of the Data Governance Committee. All right. So why don't we get started? Today, we're going to talk about something that we're going to call data community and specifically in the higher education space. So Katie, why don't you tell us um, a little bit more about how you uh, went about setting up a multi-university kind of data community? You know, why? What drove the need to get that going? Yeah, so that's a great question. We're really fortunate in the higher education space to be very open and sharing. So we connect with other universities a lot. We realize that everybody's on a, a different journey. And if we can if we can help someone else at their organization, we're happy to do it. So it's a really warm and inviting space to be in. And we intersect in a lot of different ways through other groups in the higher education space. So what do, you, what do you mean by other groups? Yeah. Yeah. For example, there's Slack groups and community groups associated with just data governance in higher education in general, regardless of technology that's used. Obviously, there's a lot of politics that go into data governance. So okay. a lot of that group is talking about politics and how to move, move the, the initiatives forward. Data governance is, is a huge umbrella of an initiative, right? It's technology, it's processes, it's people. The politics around it are just one aspect of it. Technology is a huge aspect, right? And with the technology comes so many challenges around what your tech stack is and how do you go ahead and do the implementation? How do you get adoption at the organization? There's so many mm -hmm. pieces and aspects to it to make it work within your culture too. We really thought that bringing a subset of organizations that are working on data governance in one particular technology would be really beneficial to bring that group together. It's a relatively small group. I think it's about 13 to 15 different schools right. and really talk and focus about the technology and leave 
the people in the process part of it. I see. I see. So you're a little, so you're kind of focused on, on that aspect of it. Got it. Hey, let's zoom out for a second. In the higher ed space, tell us, like, what does data governance mean for higher education? Let's say maybe we can compare the, our thinking around that with corporate life, things like that. So we're a very, very regulated space. Not a whole lot of people realize that we're highly regulated. Yeah. We have federal grant money that comes in for research dollars as an R1 institution. We have accreditors for education and academic assessments. Got it. So there's a lot of aspects of regulation and reporting that we need to follow. And it tends to be more of a conservative space because of that, because of all of the regulatory aspects. Hmm. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because we don't have some of the same regulations, obviously, as other sectors, but a lot of our data reporting is driven by that compliance and those regulations that are required. That was an education. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Thanks for that. So I think data governance really is, is driven by a lot of the, the regulatory compliance pieces to continue getting federal grants for research, to continue mm. our students getting financial aid and also continue getting accredited through all of these different programs that all have different requirements outside of just business operations, right? right because right, we're a business right. too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that comes with its own, let's say more typical uh, data, data governance sort of needs and you know areas to focus. So you mentioned, before we get back to the community, you mentioned politics around data governance. What are those politics? Yeah, so if you think about it, we've got your data trustees that sit over systems, um, and then you have your data users that need the information in order to do the compliance reporting, to be able to do daily operations. And I think there's always a push and a pull between those kind of trustees that sit over systems and that think about protecting the data or guarding the data within that system and making sure that the privacy and literacy and compliance are all managed around their data set that they oversee. And then you have the users, and the users are constantly looking for more information right. to be able to make more insights or to be able to improve their operations from a daily perspective or make decisions at different levels of the organization. So there's always kind of this push and pull between being conservative and a little bit more focused on risk versus pushing the envelope around strategy and driving business advantage. So when you set up the data community across multiple different, you said, I think around 13 uh, schools mm -hmm. uh, or universities, the discussion around navigating that those politics and the tech specifically was sort of the impetus for that. Is that what I heard you say before? Yeah. So we decided to kind of focus more on the technology. And in this particular case, it's Calibre specific. And obviously different pieces of technology can be very, very flexible. But with that flexibility, sometimes creates a lot of decisions that need to be made yeah. and how to fit those decisions and those challenges and what we need it to be within the culture in order to make workflows happen correctly or provide a good catalog of information for an end user to be able to easily use and easily find data sets are sometimes struggles. So really focusing on how to build the system to be user-friendly, but also friendly for application teams to set up and use themselves 
And then the adoption part of it is also a huge aspect of data governance technology in general. Data governance is not a normal concept or terminology that's used in today's society. It's not like artificial intelligence or machine learning that's so hot topic right now. But data governance, if you were to talk about data governance, even within sectors that are using it, there's a real education that's needed across employees first and foremost, before you can even get them in the technology space. So these 13 universities that are getting together, do you find, let's say there's different, I don't know, levels of understanding of that or appreciation for what that means in in the area and the space? Like, do you find that the community is kind of educating each other about that? Or are we already past that in the community and we're getting right down to the I think it's the latter. I think all of us are the ones that are the experts at our own organizations, myself being a co-chair of our data governance committee at our university. We're used to having to go out and first educate somebody before we even start a conversation around needing resources or needing collaborations across business units to import data into the technology. So from a user group perspective, we're really leaning on on each other for technical knowledge. Mm -hmm. There's there's always an arc to data governance. It's usually education, finding a use case, showing value, and then getting more resources in order to continue on. Usually data quality, data lineage, those are the types of things that happen later on after you're able to show value and really get more resources to move that forward. Maybe it sounds like what you're all from each other getting value from, you're hearing some success stories, some challenges, maybe helping each other navigate through those. We've just started up a couple months ago, and one person in particular has kind of taken the lead in organizing and coming up with topics, but we're all brainstorming on, on what we would find the most helpful to have presented to us from another organization that might be a little bit further on in their journey. What does a success story look like when one of you are presenting that to the whole group? We all appreciate seeing a specific use case where there may have been a data quality issue or there may have been a specific question around needing to know where the business assets were due to whether it's a compliance piece or accreditation piece. A student retention enrollment, being able to improve that aspect of the business, and then showing how we were able to go from the metadata ingestion all the way through to using it to gain access to reports and data information and, and seeing that full workflow and seeing it from that ingestion to access control. You raised a really interesting point. So you're using data, you're doing analytics. I guess it would be common in a university to do some analytics on student retention. That was one example of a set of analyses you'd do. How are you leveraging data to understand that kind of retention? What are are the considerations there? So student retention, uh, for those of you not in the higher education space, basically uh, equivalent to a customer or client. Interestingly, though, the federal government doesn't come to uh, businesses that say that they've lost a customer within four years and ask them why they've lost them. Sure. Whereas in in higher education space, we have to report on student retention, student completion rates, um, and we have to track students longitudinally through the application process, 
into the institution and whether or not they get all the way to graduation. And all of those percentages are reported in aggregate. Okay. And it's a sense of pride too for institutions having high success rates because that means that we're doing a great service to our students. But that longitudinal tracking tends to be very, very difficult. And it's actually getting more and more difficult as the years go on. In the past, four-year institutions, traditional students would come in, go through their four years, or if it takes them a little bit longer, and then they would complete their, their degree. But I think more and more we're seeing students are taking courses online at other institutions and transferring in. We're seeing more students at four-year institutions taking a semester, taking a year off, that kind of efflux and influx of student in and out of the university, mm -hmm. that it, it becomes harder and harder to say, what was the reason that they that they yeah. left, right? Right, right? And then what was the reason that they came back? And when you're looking at courses, you're almost looking at a program and saying, did these subset of early courses directly contribute to their overall success of their completion? Right. I mean, from a community college, we're tracking students going through community college and then beyond and where they're transferring potentially to four-year institutions. Uh, at undergraduate level, we're tracking them as they're going into professional degrees. And then we're also tracking them as they are alumni and whether or not they find work in their given fields that they prepared in. Wild. All right. Let's get back to community. So tell us what have been some, I don't know, especially enlightening or surprising you know, lessons or, or uh, insights that were gained from the community itself. Absolutely. Uh, maybe that you yeah. got or that you helped someone else uh, have a light bulb moment on. I think the biggest thing is realizing that we all have similar challenges and we're all struggling with very similar things, even though we have different org charts and we have different technology and we have, some of us have been, just been on the journey longer right? And, and some institutions have been on this journey for 10 to 15 years already. So it looks like they're much further ahead, which they are, but they've had the same struggles in year one, year two, year five, year seven, that some of us, the rest of us are at. And looking at the difference at where both institutions or organizations are within our journey it seems like there is a big difference, but it's only because of the time spent on really focusing on that initiative. Oh, hmm. And it's it's just one of those things you really have to chip away at, like a like an iceberg. It's a large, large aspect of a program that falls across disciplines of information security, compliance, regulation, technology, institutional research. It couldn't even include legal from an aspect of, of data governance. Absolutely. Yeah. So for the folks that are, let's say, newer, right, compared to those that have been doing it for a decade, are they finding, in a, let's say, a value out of this community where it's accelerating the way that they're navigating through this sort of evolution because of, again, benefiting from other people's decade-long experience in this? Are they having a sort of a faster time toward getting to an acceptable place or 
Are we seeing that yet? I certainly find benefit in it. You know, I've been on this journey at Case Western Reserve for the last three years. And from my perspective, it's understanding that that there's no model that can be picked up from one organization and plopped down in another organization for data governance. It just doesn't work. And again, that's because everyone's org chart looks different. Everybody's tech stack looks different. Yeah. But you start to see similarities and you start to gain tools and conversation points and strategies. And you start having more to pull from as examples and who to reach out to as you're starting to hit roadblocks because you remember hearing a story from one organization and this is how they tackled it. So being able to have more tools in your toolkit around strategy and how to make it past those challenges, whether it is having conversations around value and getting resources or whether it's around technology and I can't quite figure out how to make this work with either an integration or setting up a platform and a user platform, I know how to reach out to now. Right. So it allows kind of you to help coach each other and provide questions from different perspectives that allow you to see challenges in different ways as well. So the community is really helping each other. You know, maybe it's, um, maybe you're not quantifying that in you know, terms of, let's say, speed to X, but uh, you're certainly helping each other with strategic approaches, with success stories of uh, solving technical problems, things like that. That's certainly valuable. What, um, any other thoughts on, on that value proposition of the community itself? We've, we're running several communities as well among different kinds of different populations and um, just lessons learned is absolutely something that's getting people inspired in the communities I've been a part of. Any other thoughts that you want to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've actually been a part of a, a few different communities in different ways around different types of technologies. I helped out on help community on one piece of technology for project management as kind of a community moderator. I've also stood up a users group within my own organization around an analytics software and for those that were in that space. And then I've also participated, like I said, as a member of a couple of different Slack channels around data governance and analytics. One of the things that I also find from a technology provider uh, within my organization and offering that technology as a service, sometimes it's very, very difficult to provide really good service when you're not using that product all the time. You're setting up the back end, you're not an end user. Got it. And setting up a community of practice where you have your super users across the organization coming together and organically, if you can create kind of that space for them to occupy and really figure out how to get them to collaborate and share information among each other, it adds to the value and the service that you can provide internally. That's great. There's so much well, sharing going on in, in the community. That's, that's the whole point. That's great. So while we were talking about the communities before and sort of insights and lessons learned and, and the topics that you all talk about, one of them was the rapid pace of change with technology, AI, ML, et cetera. Tell us, how are you doing with hiring to keep up with the skills that are needed to 
I'll say, keep up with that technology change. Yeah. So not only the technology change with analytics and predictive analytics, but also data governance as well. And I think this particular community focuses heavily on the data governance technology space. In higher education, we're no different than other sectors right now. We're seeing a lot of employee churn, especially in the technology division that we're in. And traditionally, we really don't have an infrastructure of roles that fit within the data governance, I'll say vertical. Other companies, other sectors have data governance analysts, data governance engineers, all sorts of metadata engineers that focus on different aspects of either master data management, data quality, different aspects of data governance. Whereas the higher education sector really doesn't traditionally have a history of having those types of roles and responsibilities. So we're really starting from square one and um, usually just with one resource as a data governance coordinator, manager, director, and then trying to leverage and figure out how to get more resources within our organization in order to start hiring out those needs. So being able to leverage the community and figure out lessons learned and really how to Mm. generate that momentum within our own organization and show value in order to get those resources, I think is, is really important because we have to really have to, like I said, educate folks across the institution around what data governance is and why it is important. So we ask every guest this question with data communities, you know, Predict the future for us. What does the next three years look like? We're getting to the point, I think, from a human standpoint where we have too much personal data. We have to figure out how to clean off the hard drives. And from an organization standpoint, we also need to figure out how to identify the data that's of most value to move forward with. And from an application standpoint, how do we identify the most important applications to really focus our personal energy on? And how do we tap in and out of those communities that are currently really active in learning more about those applications? Sure. I think there's, there's kind of a bigger aspect too of just data and what's going to happen in the next three years. One is figuring out what subset of, of data of all of this massive amount of data that we really need to be focusing our energy and effort on, whether that's you know, looking and tracking and documenting the metadata and the the definitions and using that to gain value, right? Figuring out what is that the value, the subset that's going to give us the most value. And then also technology changes so often and we're constantly getting new systems and constantly moving data from one location to the other that it's almost, we can't keep up. Yeah. And the last is, is the chat GPT and how um, AI and ML are going to change data governance and the validation of data, the trust of the data. Mm-hmm. And then the use of, right? The use of the data. It may make it easier for us to validate data in the future, but it may make it harder for us to validate data in the future. So we're going to have to see what applications AI and ML will have for coding, for validating data, uh, and for using analytics. I think the notion of a strong data community is actually a fundamental component to a data office's long-term strategy especially as so many organizations are striving to improve on their data literacy. No matter what the center of topics are in your community, 
a clear benefit is going to be what's shared, lessons learned, struggles, successes, and more. Maybe that's a Captain Obvious sort of observation, right? But let that be a driver, really the why of establishing your next data community. Often, and we've heard this from other guests in the past, data and analytics leaders have to work pretty hard to explain and justify their organization's value. Learning from others on that topic alone is huge. I think it's a tide-lifting-all-boats sort of benefit. You know, I've noticed that I've said learning a whole lot today. Uh, it's no coincidence that this episode's guest is from the higher education community. This is all about learning, right? Uh, I happen to come from a family of educators. And as a side note, it's pretty exciting to hear how data and analytics in general is helping universities and also students to have better education outcomes, whether that's jobs, degree completion, or more. I love it. For Calibra, this is the Data Download. I'm your host, Jay Millichair, and I'll see you next time. Even more insight into managing your data? Visit Calibra.com slash podcast for additional resources on the topics covered in our show. Be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a new episode. And a five-star review certainly doesn't hurt our chances with the algorithm. It's all about the algorithm, isn't it, folks? It's a great way to help us reach new listeners, and we truly do appreciate your support. The Data Download is a production of Calibra in collaboration with Stories Bureau.